This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's still June, and you know what that means? Yes, there's still time to show your pride. Pride in yourself. Pride in your career. Pride in your family. And most importantly, pride in your preference for genitalia to interact with. We continue our celebration of all things LGBTQQIA2 plus SRT with a hearty congratulations to our beloved United States Marine Corps. The USMC posted this to Twitter. Throughout June, the USMC takes pride in recognizing and honoring the contributions of our LGBTQQI, well, they forgot the QQIA2 plus service members. We remain committed to fostering an environment free from discrimination and defend the values of treating all equally with dignity dignity and respect. Courageous words, but it doesn't hold a candle to the image attached to the tweet, a military helmet with a proud to serve for Donna, mm-hmm, and a jacket of rainbow-tipped high-caliber ammunition. <laughs> Congratulations to our military for coming out with their gay bullets. No one wants to get shot, of course. No one wants to feel their bodies ripped to shreds by U.S. military ammunition, unless, of course, it's a way to show your acceptance of LGBTQQIA2 issues. Nothing could possibly feel better than a bullet tearing through your flesh and ripping holes through your organs while it signifies tolerance. And let me ask you this. Do you not want to be shot by a gay bullet? What does that say about you? Are you afraid of a gay bullet? You, my friend, are a homophobe. And to keep the spirit of military competition alive, the Navy recently began brainwashing or training their cadets in woke interactions. Let's take a look. But what would I do if I uh, mm -hmm. misgender someone? Yeah. I think the first thing to recognize is that it's not the end of the world. <gasps> you correct yourself yes, and move on, or you accept the correction and move on. The most important thing I can tell you is do not put the burden of making you feel good about your mistake on the person that you just misgendered. No. Oh, thank you for telling me that. Oh, thank you for telling me that. I had no idea that a simple conversation with a person could be so stupid, you know? Luckily, I don't have to worry about any of that pronoun crap, and I'll tell you why. Because I identify as a truth teller. That means it would be a microaggression by you to force me to lie about your gender. And don't you dare put the burden on me to make you feel good about your mistake. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Navy can execute you for that. And sometimes, the only way you can change a bigot's mind is with a rainbow bullet right through their brain. Happy Pride Month, everyone! Stu Does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu. The promo code is Stu. Ten bucks off for Pride Month and all other months. Jason Buttrell, of course, will tell us about the CRT controversy at West Point. Yes, the military is in the focus today in a very strange way. The FDA is gearing up to ban another popular product. I'll tell you what it is. But we start by doing the Uvalde fallout. 
Yes, there's been a lot of fallout, of course, the tragic events in Uvalde just weeks ago. And now uh, the mayor is announced that they're going to demolish the school. And it's like it's one of it's a weird thing that we do after one of these incidents. I mean, it's not the building's fault, obviously. But I will say I was in Vegas last year and we were outside in this little courtyard and towering above us at this like fun party atmosphere was the room that the Vegas shooter was firing out of. And I got to say, it felt weird because that thing's still standing and people are still having the time of their lives inside of that casino. It's a little different, however, when it comes to a school and a bunch of young children. I don't know how they'd be able to go on with their schooling in the middle of that environment. So that school is going away. And it's funny because we still know very little about what actually happened. It's amazing that this long after this incident happened, we are still getting different pieces of information. One of the latest pieces of information is that supposedly the gunman was outside firing his weapon for 12 minutes before he went inside. How how is that possible? How on earth could that have happened? I mean, it's just absolutely Horrible when you stop and think about it. And one of the new spins from the uh, the news to kind of go after the police department there, and certainly it seems like they deserve a, a decent amount of blame here. Though I will say, I want to make sure we hold out to actually understand the facts before we fully go after these guys, or at least figure out which one of them was really responsible for this. But what I find fascinating is they were talking about this and they said, look, this is amazing. Even the Senate moved fast enough to do something about gun violence. And we still don't know the basic facts of what happened in Uvalde. And I thought to myself, I don't know. Is that something to brag about? Should we be passing bills in regard to the Uvalde situation before we understand the Uvalde situation? I'm just throwing this one out there. I think maybe you do those in the reverse order. You maybe wait until you understand the truth before you go on and act. But we had to act. As you know, we had to do something. Have you done something since something bad happened? If something bad happens, you need to do something. By the way, that something is very specific. It must be exactly what Democrats want. Anything else is not a something. The something that we need is the something that the Democrats want, what the media wants, what everybody who doesn't like the Second Amendment wants. That's the something you're supposed to do. And if you do something else, it doesn't count. So we've done something. That's right. We've done something wonderful, something with four incredibly well-testing words crammed together in the title. Bipartisan, what a wonderful word. Safer, I wanna be safer. Communities, I love communities. And act, we must act because we must do something. The Bipartisan Safer Communities Act is out. Now, we talked to Senator Mike Lee this morning, and he had an interesting observation about the bill, which was they told him they were going to vote on it that night before any of them had seen it, which is weird. I feel like even more clear than waiting until you know the facts on Uvalde before you vote on a bill might be knowing what the bill says. I feel like you should have some familiarity with what is in the bill before you vote on it. But then again, 
You know what Nancy Pelosi told us oh so long ago. You'll find out what's in the bill after you vote for it. And everyone will love it then. Who would possibly vote for this? Well, you know every Democrat's going to do it because this is what they've wanted this entire time. They want any type of control over your life. Guns just happen to be something. And you know what? They want to do something. So they're going to control your guns as much as possible. They'll vote for any level of gun control that you will give them. It's just a matter of what the Republicans are going to give them and which Republicans will get on board. Well, wouldn't you know, we have a handy dandy list of all 15 of them. Here they are. John Cornyn, who sucks. Mitch McConnell, Tom Tillis, Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, Bill Cassidy, Roy Blunt, Richard Burr. That's our first column. Anyone there you care about at all being in the Senate? Would you cry for a moment if they were replaced by somebody else? Any of them hold any value to you whatsoever? Didn't think so. Mitt Romney, Rob Portman, Shelley Moore Capito, Joni Ernst, Lisa Murkowski, Todd Young, and... Pat Toomey. Now, I've said this before. Pat Toomey's the one name on this list that I think has some value because he's pretty good on other things, but he's been bad on guns the entire time he's been in the Senate. Everything else he seems, you know, pretty good on. Uh, he's also retiring. So is uh, Portman and, and a couple of others here on this list. This is a giant pile of Senate waste. They all suck. Just trash, frankly. And you should remind them that you remember that they don't do such a wonderful job in the Senate. Look, I, I sit here and I look at this stuff all the time. And I think to myself, there has to be something else going on. Because you watch these guys go through this process over and over and over and over again. And they do the same thing over and over and over and over again. These guys, this group of senators and, and those like them are always on defense. They're always sitting here giving in to something the left really wants. And apparently they want to. Let's be honest about it. This isn't them giving in to the other side. They are the other side. That's how this works. Over and over and over again on issue and after issue after issue. Now, would I rather have, um, you know, one of these guys in there as opposed to some Democrat who's always going to vote against uh, the country's best interest? Yeah, sure. I mean, like, especially someone in a, in, a, in a blue state, you take what you can get. But people like John Cornyn, it's inexcusable that Texas has this guy in office. He's completely terrible on everything, on everything. And over and over and over again, we keep sitting here coming up with these problems like, what is the problem with Republicans? Who's in the middle of it? John freaking Cornyn. Over and over and over again. It's really pathetic, guys. I mean, this is Texas. You know, this is not, we're not talking about, you know, Maine or Wisconsin or Massachusetts where we take what we can get. Here, you should have somebody good. I don't really understand it. The New York Times ran a big story today, and the story was basically about I think they were trying to get to something totally different here. They were trying to say, look, you know, these guns are so bad and you can't have let people have guns. You have to basically take them all away because even the police, when they show up, you can't blame Uvalde on them. You can't blame Uvalde for the police problem. Uh, no, you have to blame the guns. They're the problem. This is one of the real reasons I think so far the Uvalde police have not really had the focus on them that you might expect after this type of handling of one of these situations because the left wants to make it about guns. And if you make it about police, they can't make it about guns. So 
they are basically trying to come up with excuses as to why the police is it's throwing you off the scent of the real story. And they came up with this graph trying to convince you of this fact. And you tell me, does it does it convince you of this? This graphic here. Who stops a bad guy with a gun? They have 433 active shooting attacks that they've categorized as appropriate for this particular graphic. 249 of those attacks ended before the police arrived. Only 184 happened after the police arrived. And I think what they're trying to tell you there is it doesn't matter what the police do, even if police are great. They're not even getting there in what winds up to be about 58 percent of active shooting cases. They're not even there when the shooting is over. When you break it down, you see 185, the attacker uh, left the scene before anybody got there uh, and killed themselves 72 times. In 64 of these incidents, it was broken down to um, uh, bystanders uh, 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 subduing the attacker or shooting the attacker. Um, You know, we are told over and over again by places like the New York Times, I think, that this stuff never happens, that guns are never used. Good guys never use the gun. Uh, But, of course, they are documenting multiple incidents here. And then 184 incidents where police do show up and they either kill the attacker or the attacker kills themselves or they uh, surrender or whatever. But doesn't that tell you something totally different? Did it tell you? Did that hit you with something uh, that would tell you something totally different? If police aren't showing up until the shooting is over in 58 percent of the cases, I better damn well have a gun. I better be prepared because the police are not going to help me. They can't help me. Even when they react perfectly in about 60% of cases, they're not even there when it's over. You might be there, but they are not. That doesn't mean that they're incompetent or you should think less of police. But what it does mean is it's impossible for them to be everywhere. You know, the Uvalde situation is interesting in that they got to the scene really quickly, like amazingly quickly. They just didn't seem to do anything when they got there. But they were there quickly. It's not even a matter of how quick they can get to the scene. The bottom line is these guns are out there. People are psychos and sometimes they're going to do things that are going to hurt a lot of people. It's going to be very difficult to completely eliminate that. So you better have some chance. Does it mean you'll definitely succeed in taking a shooter out when you have a gun and you're on the scene? No. But you know what it does mean? You have a chance. You're not helpless. You're not a target. You're at least someone who is in a battle. And when you're in a battle, you have a chance to win the battle. When you're sitting there as a hostage, unarmed and helpless, you're not in a battle. You're just a victim. And that is something that is the hard truth in most of these situations. It doesn't mean that everybody who has a gun succeeds trying to take that person out. But maybe he slows him down. Maybe he makes him think twice. Is there another gun around the corner? You know, I have yet to see uh, a lot of mass shooters try to take out police stations. Doesn't happen all that often. Why? They hate the police. Obviously, criminals hate the police. Why don't they go to police stations and try to shoot up police stations? Why not? Well, they don't because they know what would happen to them once they walk through the door and fire that first shot. And there's a good chunk of me that thinks, you know, hey, we need to make criminals feel that same way about walking into name the place wherever they are. There should be security in these schools. They should be scared that they walk around the corner with their weapon and get shot. That should be something that they fear. And of course, this is why 
something like 98 percent of mass shootings occur in gun free zones. They want to avoid this whenever possible. And I think it's important to look at this bill for what it is. This bill is not about this bill. I want to bring these clips back to you. You may have missed them from a couple weeks ago, but they're really important for you to understand. If you're on the fence on this thing, if you're looking at this bill and you're saying, look, I'm not really a gun guy, because I'm not either. I'm not really someone who cares about guns all that much. And I don't know, do I really care about this? I mean, some of the things in there sound pretty good. I mean, we should, domestic abusers, you know, they shouldn't have guns. And, you know, people who had mental problems right before their 18th birthday, they probably should uh, be restricted in some way. And I understand that. There's some stuff in here that does make some sense if it was, you know, categorized and tailored correctly. But that's not what this bill is about. This is a bill that is supposed to start a long-term movement to take away your guns completely or at least as much as they can get away with. Here is the guy who crafted the bill on the left, the Democrat who went along with this and took everything he could get from Republicans but didn't ask for more than that. Why would he do that? Is that how Democrats normally negotiate? No. Why did they do that? Let Chris Murphy explain it to you. What I know is that no great social change movement in this country got everything they wanted in the first bill they passed. Look at the marriage equality movement. The first thing that happened in the marriage equality movement was just the simple right of gay couples to be able to adopt. Now, folks could have said, that's not gay marriage. We're not supporting that. We're not supporting anything until we get everything. But once that change passed, it made other changes possible. It all of a sudden convinced opponents that there was political benefit to coming to the table and supporting more rights for gay couples. And it got us to the point eventually where we were able to pass marriage equality laws all around the country and get a constitutional change. I just know that if you study great social change movements, making the first change, right, breaking the log jam is often what allows you, is almost universally what allows you to make all the other changes. And I think that this bill in and of itself is worth supporting. If we never passed another bill, we should pass this bill because it will save lives. But that's not how this is going to work. This will allow us to build bigger coalitions, to get more Republicans willing to support changes in the future. If we never passed another bill, we should pass this bill because it'll save lives. But that's not how this is going to work. This will allow us to build bigger coalitions to get more Republicans willing to support changes in the future. And of course, in a way, that's what you'd expect, right? That's progressivism in a nutshell. They are taking little steps, going bit by bit by bit. But there's more to this bill than just your basic progressivism. It's also about a very specific thing. They are trying to teach Republican senators and Republican politicians to get them on board to control your gun rights. Because a lot of them want to do it, but some of them are afraid of how you will react to it. Listen to Chris Murphy as he describes this exact process to The New York Times. This is the broader mythology about gun laws, which is that if you vote for them, you are going to lose politically. That is not true. I mean, the mythology all dates to the 1994 election. President Clinton, after that election, 
made a statement to suggest that it was the assault weapons ban that led to the losses in the 1994 midterms. And so why I think getting this done is so critical is not just because the provisions will save lives, but also because by showing Republicans that the political sky does not fall Hmm. when you vote for common sense gun safety measures, we will actually make it much more possible that we'll be able to pass further measures down the line. You have to get that first step done. You have to prove that theory of political harm wrong in order to be able to do anything else. Prove that theory of political harm wrong. That's what they're trying to do here. Look, the truth is, you might say this gun bill doesn't sound all that terrible. You might be able to find something in it that you actually like. But you need to remember what Chris Murphy explicitly just said when he was talking to his friends in the media. The sales pitch to you is common sense gun reform. But the real aim of this bill is to convince Republicans that they can get away with it, that they won't face political repercussions if they infringe on your Second Amendment rights. They want to sneak this through while you're dealing with putting your summer vacation together and while you're trying to figure out how you can pay for the gas for the road trip. And they want that list of 15 senators to realize that you don't really care about your gun rights. That's all the NRA or Fox or talk radio. They are hoping you don't bother those senators for this vote. They want you to leave them alone. Let them enjoy their summer. And then you dutifully waddle back to the polls and put them back in office once again. The left's explicit goal here is to show Republicans that their political sky won't fall if they vote to take away your right to defend yourself while they're safely hidden behind armed security. You have the list. It's time to make them realize that their political sky will fall if they do this. You only have a few days to call them and tell them respectfully how you feel. Remember, close to 60% of mass shootings are over before police even show up. It's up to you to defend yourself. It's up to you to defend your rights. You are the first responder. Have you ever noticed that during the summer, you always feel and look more tired than you should? Mm-hmm. The warm weather, the long days, if you're out in the pool all the time, your skin could get dehydrated, you can look extra tired. The worst part, your under eyes definitely show that. That's why you gotta use GenuCell's classic eye bags and puffiness treatment. GenuCell knows that your under eyes uh, need a different kind of hydration than the rest of your skin. GenuCell has sold over one million products and their original product is still their most popular. Uh, So stop looking tired and order GenuCell for bags and puffiness. You'll save 65% off retail. GenuCell guarantees results or your money back. Order GenuCell for bags and puffiness today with their most popular package and save over 65%. Go to JennyCell.com slash Stu. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Stu. Enter my promo code Stu for an extra discount at checkout. Every order includes JennyCell's new dark spot corrector just in time for summer, plus free shipping. It's JennyCell.com slash Stu. G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Stu. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. 
Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I want to bring in Jason Buttrell. He's a head writer and researcher for the Glenn Beck program. There is a Glenn Beck program coming up right after this, if you're watching on Blaze TV right now. Any idea what it's about, or is this not one of yours? It wasn't one of mine, but it's all about education. It's going to be super good. That's right. really, really good. It's even going to, I'm Glenn's you know, out of a state right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's in a, I shouldn't probably ex- disclose where, but mm-hmm. he's in a very uh, like pioneer type area. Yeah. And he's actually going to shoot part of the show inside an old abandoned schoolhouse. It's amazing. Oh, wow. it looks really, really very cool. Very cool. And Betsy That's, DeVos is on, yeah, Betsy I believe, DeVos as well. So it's going to be a big special. Yeah. Obviously, education has been kind of the top. Uh, of the news cycle here for a while now. Um, I want to take it to uh, a different area here because you've been watching this story uh, that I don't think a lot of people are following uh, about West Point mm. and what is going on there. And to me, this is shocking. Can you can you walk people through this? Yeah. Spe- speaking of education, um, it, it's even happening, you know, to our you know to our military personnel as they're setting I mean, not only the military personnel but the, the top of the line. Mm. You know, like the, these are the guys that become four-star generals. Um, but yeah, so ju- this just came out. Judicial Watch sued to get curriculum from West Point to see what the heck they're been te- they're being teaching. Uh, kind of regarding CRT, you know, this new mm-hmm. wave feminism, all this stuff. And it's interesting. It's about, about 200 pages. And of course, I read it because I always end up having to read all this junk. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was so confused in the beginning. So I'm just going to start like, right when I first started reading this. What it opens up with is an executive or- order from back in 2020, in the final months of the Trump administration. And it's actually an executive order saying, look, you know, we we believe in, you know, diversity. We believe in inclusion, yada, yada, yada. But these are the things you cannot talk about. So you basically you have to approach this from basically you just can't say that any race is superior than any other. Okay, we agree with that. Seems pretty basic, but lately, apparently, that's been questioned. Right, and but he goes into like, okay, you can you can have these diversity inclusion type, you know, you know, seminars or whatever. Sure. Every company does them. It's mm-hmm. equal opportunity. You know, every manager has to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're like, you can't say these words, critical race theory. It's very specific. It's in quotes. You cannot say this. You cannot say this. You cannot talk about this. You cannot talk about that. And it's basically all the woke bullcrap that's in companies and gosh, even elementary schools right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, this, this sounds good. Like, what is all the uproar? And then it goes through and you actually get to the curriculum and almost all of it is about combating whiteness, uh, recognizing your privilege. Um, there is one course that looks like the worst of the worst you would expect to find from like Berkeley or something like that, mm. including the people that pioneered that invented critical race theory. Like the students, the cadets have to read the book on the guy that you know originated critical race theory, um, new wave feminism, all these things. That is in their curriculum. So everything that Trump, like, you know, we were talking off air. We said, like, it's almost like you, it's hard to get around it. Like, how do you combat this at this point? It seems like an unstoppable force. This spun out of an executive order specifically telling them not to do that. But they're doing it anyway. They just ignored the executive order. They just, I guess, they just ignored the executive order. This was before, this was was before Biden. When Biden came into office, he actually, you know, uh, abolished that executive order. And was like, yeah, we're going to do our own thing. I don't even know why he did that. Like he could have just left it alone and it would have went right in line with what mm. they want to, you know, 
propagandize on our military personnel. Now, I'm generally it's in amazing. favor of uh, everybody ignoring executive orders, but in the, yeah. you know, unless we actually adopt that over all of them, I don't think you can just do that. I mean, that's it's supposed to be something you listen to, especially when you're talking about this, which is really something that the president does have direct control over, right? Like, the, this is not like, you know, executive order on vaccines or something like that, where yeah. they have no real role in it. This is fascinating, and I feel like it ties into something that happened this week where we saw um, a Pride Month video released from the military describing how to talk to people with pronouns and how to use their proper pronouns and all the effects of not using proper pronouns with a guy in a rainbow sweater. Yeah. What is going on with the military? Because it feels like we're going to lose the next war we're in. Uh, I was just about to say the same thing. I, I think that that <laughs> video was titled How to Lose the Next War and just showed that. I mean, they're seriously talking about, oh, do you know, be careful about mispro, you know, misgendering someone, blah, blah, blah. And these are it's actual naval personnel. It's absolutely ridiculous coming mm. from, you know, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a motorcycle club uh, and I ride motorcycles with a bunch of uh, Marine, Marine Corps vets. And every uh, military veteran has got their group of guys that they served with or from other generations that are, is always like, you know, back in my day, you know, mm-hmm. this yeah. happened. You're of like, course. whoa. Yeah. You know, like I never would have thought that I could have a back in my day <laughs> and it would be so drastically different from what's going on now. Yeah. So back in my day, I mean, you were united in the mission. It was one common mission. That's what united you. And it was one of the most anti-racist establishments that I've ever been in, besides maybe like organized sports back in high school, where no one cared what your skin color was. Um, everybody, you were a team. You were working towards either winning the game or winning the war. That's what united you. Like, it didn't matter. Like, Everybody was, no matter what race, creed, whatever, everyone was despicable to your drill instructor or then later to like your gunnery sergeant. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You all just accepted it. We were all equally, equally like worms, you know, and you just went ahead and marched forward towards, you know, the goal. There was no absolute, there was no need for anything like this because, you know, we had been taught to, you know, be, you know, mission oriented. So this makes absolutely no sense. I actually reached out to the Department of Defense, and I knew exactly what they were going to do because I've done something like this before, but I wanted to get comment on where, like, so it says in their curriculum that they will be using outside contractors, um, and it had to be approved through yada, yada, yada. Um, I want to know who those outside contractors are. I want to know who these outside groups are that are mm. advising the Department of Defense to teach some of this, you know, bull crap. And, of course, they said, oh, reach out to, you know, Department of Army or Department of Navy. And so you do that, you reach out to the Department of Army, and what do they do? They'll be like, oh, you need to reach out to the Pentagon. Right. Well, I, they just sent me <laughs> yeah, to you, exactly. and that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so ridiculous, but that's how they get around, never disclosing any of this stuff to the media. The only way you can do it is to do what Judicial Watch did and sue them to get the information, which could take a year plus. Thank God they did it, though. But, yeah. One of the things I think is most fascinating about this, because like normally when you talk about a company doing this, they have these, you know, uh, anti-racist, you know, Ibram Kendi, Robin D'Angelo type seminars. The focus of that is like um, uh, the weird move towards crazy extremist leftism, right? Like that's what I noticed when I t- Coca-Cola tells me whiteness is a problem. It's like shocking from the perspective of a move to leftism. And while that is also present here. And it's present in the uh, the video uh, with the rainbow sweater guy. That's not even the most disturbing part of it when it comes to the military. 
It's this odd feeling of offense when people call you the wrong pronouns. The whole point of the military and to go through training is to get people so tough that they will climb through, you know, a mountain zero degrees being shot at with their leg bleeding, carrying their a guy out from a certain death. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to be creating the toughest people in the world. So the last people who should be in the military are people who are offended by pronouns. You can have gay people in the military who will laugh along with you as you mock this nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Not even because they think it's right or wrong, but because they're so tough that they don't want to free. Shut up with your stupid pronoun complaining. I mean, that to me might be the most disturbing part of this. Yeah, I, yeah it's a good point. I mean, the entire purpose of boot camp is to break you down and to see if you are a fit to be molded into what they need you to do, mm-hmm. which is just a warfighter. Yeah. So boot camp, the whole purpose is to yell, scream, make you hate you know, your drill instructor as much as possible. But in the end, you're completely broken down and brought back up. You can call it a form of brainwashing, it probably is. <laughs> but um, during that crucible, you become a cohesive team that follows orders. So it doesn't matter your little stupid differences, yeah. right? If your skin color is different, it doesn't freaking matter. You know, if, I don't know, any, put in anything else where, you know, something might offend you, it does not matter in the end because you are mission oriented. Right. Um, I think it's interesting though, you brought up like these little seminars at places like Coca-Cola, people they bring in. Um, in the curriculum for West Point, they actually bring in, I think is, I can't remember his first name, I think it's Steve, Dr. Steve Robbins. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a, what he, he calls himself a neuroscientist. And this is how they try to science the woke into everyone. So basically his entire spiel, which he gave at Coke, um, I think it kind of explains a lot of their radical Mm. transition. He also spoke at the Navy um, and he spoke to to West Point and uh, and a ton of other of these companies that are going crazy woke. But um, his entire seminar is how, you know, we're all tribal people and we all want to feel safe and we have this natural sense to turn certain people away because we don't feel safe around them because they're not in our tribe. So basically what they're trying to say is that's your whiteness in you. And I just, do you feel that way? I mean, I know you're getting to something here, but like, I don't know anyone who feels like that. No. I don't know anybody who feels, I mean, there very well might be people who do, but I don't know anyone who talks like that or feels like that. No, I, no. And I, I think by and large, the majority of the country, that's, that's how they feel. And they, they're nat- they have a natural you reject re- that. rejection yeah. to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that's kind of the, the genius of the strategy of bringing in someone like this guy mm. or taking it in that direction as he does. Because you're like, well, crap, there's nothing I can do about it. it it's, it's science. It's genetics. Um, it's been you know, bred into me through my genes. I can't do anything about it. So I, must, you know, I might as well just accept it. Uh, so weird. It's it's so strange, but it's you see how effective it is. I mean, and it's I, it's so fundamental to the problem they are supposedly trying to solve. The, the what white supremacists do is say there is a genetic defect in everybody else, and that's why we're better than them, or that's why they're bad. Yeah. And it's the same argument. Same argument. They're saying there's a genetic defect in white people they can't possibly avoid their racism so we should just acknowledge it that's just supremacy it's just with a different color in front of it Uh, it's just incredible before we go i know we're running late here um i want to get into jane's revenge because we did a show on this last week it's a uh an organization that 
you know, some people think it might be fake. I don't buy that at all. Uh, you know, I've looked into it a, a decent amount, and it does seem to be real. Even from leftist experts believe that it's real. Um, but it's a group that's saying when this Supreme Court ruling comes down on Roe versus Wade, if it gets overturned, you know, s- streets are going to be lit up. They're going to the streets. They're going to destroy property. They're going to do. St- they're going to burn down buildings. Uh, you've looked into this group. I mean, number one, do you think it's legit? And number two, what do you think they're going to be doing come this decision? The, the, the worst part about Jane's Revenge is how many times I've written about it, and I've written Jane's addiction <laughs> instead. I just can't get it. I just yeah, keep right. saying. Even when I say it, I want to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I, I think they're real. Uh, it's interesting that, that you know that they started off kind of just conversing on like you know, places like the dark web, mm-hmm. uh, they would do their little communiques, which says what they call them, their announcements through the dark web. Now you can go to a blog. Um, if you look it up, uh, I can tweet it, uh, after the show today mm-hmm. and you can just go straight to the blog and you can read all their stuff. Um, you should read it to see how crazy it does sound. Not only that, but in their communiques, they list sites where they have done attacks. Um, at least two fire bombings that we know of, um, usually a few days to a week after they'll, they'll, they'll make, uh, you know, a, a claim for those attacks. Mm-hmm. I, I, th- I think it's very, very worrying just hearing some of their rhetoric. Not only that, but what they, you know, the, 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 the radical left, what they've done going since, I don't know, what, when did this start? Uh, like 2016, something like that with Antifa. Mm-hmm. Um, we've heard people that we've reached out to that have said that they think that Antifa may be involved here. And at first I didn't, I didn't believe that, but then I started looking at some of the pictures that Jane's Revenge was posting. And their pictures don't have anything to do with abortion rights. Um, they're, mm. they're tagging on uh, religious sites and some of these abortion, cl- uh, I'm sorry, uh, pregnancy clinics, uh, the anarchist A in mm-hmm. a circle. Mm-hmm. That's an Antifa thing and an anarchist thing. What does that have to do with the abortion right. movement? Never, it, that I can ever remember did any of these groups write an anarchist day? Um, they are also using the, uh, what's the, the, the 1232 or whatever it is, right. AC, uh, AB, mm-hmm. which is all cops are, Bs. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can even say that. <laughs> um, but um, all cops are, the, are that? That's, well, yeah. that's not an abortion issue? Yeah. Like, like what? <laughs> so I do think that members of Antifa, I think, the mem- I think members of Antifa are involved with this. Um, so maybe it's just a, they're taking advantage of what they believe they see as this new form of fuel for right. their movement, right? Like maybe yeah. it is, but that would make sense, right? It's people who know how to do this and which in a way makes it scary. I mean, you know, if there if it is fueled by people that were already in organizations that have already burnt down cities, yeah. it just makes it more dangerous. Yeah. And if, if they tell you they're going to do something when they've said st- said stuff in the past, they've done it mm-hmm. um, when they've said they're going to go to a place and do violence. It usually happens. Mm-hmm. Now, they've already mentioned that they're going to continue this. It's going to get worse. They're even if you go under the under that blog, they'll say, hey, we're calling a day of rage pretty soon and stand by and we'll let you know when that's at. They won't publish that on the dark web or anything to keep it quiet. But they're still planning these attacks. There's over twenty eight hundred, I believe, uh, abo- uh, pregnancy clinics or, uh, you know, pro-life organizations in the country um, that are helping women out. Twenty eight hundred. Uh, that's a lot of targets for them to target. And I, I just saw today that the uh, Louisiana governor already signed uh, a bill banning abortion just waiting for the Supreme Court decision. That's going to be happening in multiple states. Mm-hmm. Thank God, I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that also means the radical left and groups like Jane's Revenge are going to take advantage. So, but where's the Justice Department, right? Yeah. They're not doing a thing. I can't, I can't even see a comment from them. It's ridiculous. 
Can you imagine if Weather Underground said, hey, we're calling a day of rage, we're going to start bombing some places? That Justice Department would have been all over it. They'd been rounding people up, figuring it out, stopping it before it happened. This administration basically says, like, hey, you know, you know, like, like Jen Psaki, like, remember Jen Psaki would not condemn and say Biden would not condemn demonstrations outside Justice Kavanaugh's home. Mm. Wouldn't do it. And he almost got killed. And almost got killed. Mm, it's amazing. Jason Buttrell, he's the head writer and researcher for Glenn Beck. Don't miss uh, their show coming up here in a little bit on education. And we'll have more on all these topics uh, coming up in the next few days. We may be seeing this uh, Supreme Court decision this week. So we'll keep watching closely. Jason, thank you. Thank you. Your government is dumb. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, FDA is now going to cut down nicotine levels in cigarettes. And you might say, well, that doesn't sound all that dumb. I mean, that's the addictive part of cigarettes. And therefore, um, cutting that down would be great. They'd be less addicted. Well, or it would mean that they're going to smoke more cigarettes to get the same amount, which seems to me to be a bad idea. But we'll see how that goes. In, but dumber than all of this combined is, of course, the FDA deciding to order Juul e-cigarettes off the market. Now, of course, all over the world, uh, scientists have pointed out that e-cigarettes are much less damaging to you than cigarettes. Uh, they do a great job in minimizing the harm. Now, we'd all love everyone to immediately stop smoking uh, if, uh, for their health, but that's not always easy, as we know. And so Juul and other brands wind up giving you a real option to cut this down. Now, I don't, I don't smoke and I don't use Juul, but I know a lot of people who do, and it is a real help for them. Now they've decided to just pull it off the market. And then what they've done to this company over the past few years is absolutely unbelievable. They just kept them in legal limbo for multiple years and have just destroyed their business. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. But this is our country right now. These are the types of things the government does. And it's just inexplicable. At the same time, local governments are doing this. California is going to ban police from arresting prostitutes on loitering charges. And Chicago police are going to have unveiled their long-awaited foot pursuit policy. And you might say, well, what's the policy? Yes, you pursue criminals on foot. I mean, what, what else do you need the policy? No, you're no longer allowed to run after uh, criminals for petty crimes. Now, I guess you can, you can walk after them. Like Jason in you know, Friday the 13th movies. Like, he's always right there. If you walk slow enough... Somehow he's always right there no matter what. If you're a criminal, though, in Chicago, all you need to do is a, you need to learn a brisk walk, like one of those cool, you know, those speed walkers have that weird hip thing going on as they walk. You just got to walk like that and you can get away forever, which is great if you happen to be, uh, you know, putting a noose around someone as they they go to get a Subway sandwich in the middle of the winter. If you're that guy, now you can safely get away from the very slow police. Make sure to rate and review the podcast wherever you happen to listen. Subscribe as well. We really appreciate it. Five stars is the appropriate number of stars, just so you know the culture and the customs of this particular environment. There once was Steve, Stu Von Stivathi, I guess that's me, said I should comment on his stupid show. As a podcast listener, great points. Love the constant card tapping. 
sending that one out to you. And we need more Jeffy references. And well, we're not gonna get any more of those. He's just a, just a terrible human being, but maybe I should put, I'll try to tap less, sorry about that. Tara uh, on YouTube says, I love you, Stu. I usually watch you on The Blaze. Good to see you. Thank you very much. Wow, Stu, no, matter, no wonder the show has improved so much over the last year. It's completely run by AI now. That does explain a lot. The algorithm is going to be successful now in making the show number one stupid show on YouTube. Five freaking stars. By the way, click like right now. Click it right this second if you happen to be on YouTube. It pleases the algorithm robots. They feel very, very good. It's not in a sexual way. We swear. It's the robots are pleased, but not in that way. Um, Alex says, would love to see you do Washington State Governor Jay Inslee. Not in a weird way. <laughs> this guy is insane. Yes, who does Jay Inslee? Wouldn't make me smile, but it would be a fun show to do. And Nathan writes, an AEC is greater than AOC. Five freaking stars. Yeah, AEC is an algorithmic engagement comment. Yes, you too can drop your algorithmic engagement comments right below if you happen to be listening on YouTube and please the algorithm robots, but not in a sexual way. Back in a second. That's the time of the show where I usually remind you to go to Studios Merch or something, buy some stuff, and you can do that. But instead, today, let me remind you to make a phone call to one of these or more of these people. John Cornyn, Mitch McConnell, Tom Tillis, Susan Collins, Lindsey Graham, Bill Cassidy, Roy Blunt, Richard Burr, Mitt Romney, ugh, Rob Portman, Shelley Moore Capito, Joni Ernst, Lisa Murkowski, Todd Young, Pat Toomey. Stop this nonsense before we start the slippery slope. 